Welcome to EU Code Week podcasts. We bring coding, computational thinking, robotics, and innovation closer to you, your community, and your school. Hi, we are your host, Eugenia Casariego Mahalke here. We are part of the EU Code Week team that wants to support the adaptation of education in Europe to face the digital challenges of the future. And today we're actually going to learn more about EU Code Week and the reason why this grassroots initiative is an important player in equipping future generations with the skills they might need in the job market. We have here today with us two guests who can best talk about EU Code Week. Anika Ostergon-Pofantis from the European Commission and Tomas Odalu-Vecchia from European Schoolnet. They have been both instrumental in the success of EU Code Week and welcome both. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit more about your role in Code Week? Yeah, sure. Hi. Uh, so um, I'm Annika and I work at the European Commission and I am uh, the coordinator of the EU Code Week team for the Commission side. I'm also an expert in digital education policies. Hello, I'm happy to be with you today. My name is Tommaso. I work for uh, European Schoolnet and uh, after a few years in the Future Classroom Lab program, then I had the chance to coordinate the input of our organization to EU Code Week and therefore I'm a proud member of this uh, wonderful team. Welcome both. It's a pleasure to have you here. And as well, it's good, I think, for our audience to go back to the basics and actually talk and discuss what is actually EU Code Week and what are we actually trying to do with this initiative. So can you give our listeners a rundown of what is actually Code Week and also how it started? Because I think this is something we don't often discuss or bring um, during our events and so on. Sure. So it all started uh, back in uh, 2013 when there were some young people who were actually advising the European Commission on digital matters, how to bring digital uh, policy skills uh, to young people. So in about a month, they launched uh, EU, EU Code Week because they wanted to bring computational thinking and coding to the forefront and really make all the actors cooperate around it, all the providers. I mean, there were a lot of small coding clubs. There were also a lot of teachers doing things, but nothing was really done together. And for them, it and it still is very important to show how you create with code. You know, you build things like you build houses with brick or with stones uh, you can build useful applications with code and they also emphasized that it was very important for all people to understand what's going on behind the screen inside the computer because our world is so digital and everything is uh, digitally connected and all these digital technologies they are run with lines of codes of course and then around 2018, what happened is that um, the commission and the community actually also, they had a, a brilliant idea. So uh, they thought and we all thought that the way to bring these skills, this opportunity to everybody was through schools, through formal education. So we decided that it was important to engage more and more teachers, schools, primary and secondary schools uh, to reach to each and every student in Europe to give them the chance to move their first steps into digital creativity. And since then, the initiative has been growing quite uh, extensively. And our role and mission, especially uh, when I'm uh, speaking about my close colleagues uh, in a way, was to 
make sure that the initiative um, was meaningful and uh, effective to support the vision of schools uh, and teachers so that they could empower their students. Of course, Code Week remains and always was for for everyone, for all. But uh, there's a difference, of course, uh, between teaching or learning about coding, about programming, if you are an adult, compared to, um, to a child trying to learn different set of skills connected to computing while they are in school. So uh, all these differences have been taken into consideration in the further development of Code Week. And now uh, we have this uh, wonderful initiative that brings forward the importance of um, equip, equipping all students with skills that, as Annika mentioned, are so fundamental for their present and future. And so we're going to dive deeper into the initiatives of Code Week and why we do it. Why do you think it's important that people learn about computational thinking, coding, and all other related digital skills? Why is it so important that it is taught in schools? Well, as I said, digital technologies are all around us. We pay our bills, uh, we order food, we date, uh, you play games, you socialize, everyone works. During the last year, uh, most pupils have been studying from home um, and everything is driven by digital technologies. And the thought of including more coding, computational thinking and digital skills in schools, it's because it gives everyone the equal chance to learn, girls and boys, and also socioeconomic background. And uh, indeed, that's that's a bit where the school can uh, come in and play this role for democratizing uh, the access to these important skills. And uh, to answer your question also, Maha, I think we are just getting more and more used to hear about computational thinking and coding as uh, foundational, fundamental skills, really. So we would... Uh, talk until a few years ago about uh, numeracy, literacy, and we thought those were the competencies that every child would need to have. Now, competencies related to computer science, to coding, to competencies that define uh, the relationship we have with technology and with a digital world become absolutely necessary to, to each and every citizen. So Code Week and it focuses on schools, but also on all European citizens, aims also to do that, to make sure that everybody have that essential component to interpret, to converse with technology and to be active and responsible in a digital world. And finally, I just want to remind that Codewick advocate for, for a fun introduction of computing into education or training. So that's, uh, that's absolutely a very good reason why to teach these skills, because it can be engaging, it can be inspiring. Yeah, I would also like to add that we also think it's important to and you said that before, Thomas, about to empower teachers to provide easy learning materials for teachers so that they can um, feel comfortable of introducing coding, computational thinking in their classrooms uh, and to empower their students that way. Right, to kind of take the first step together with them in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's important. But like you mentioned, there is this important aspect of communication and collaboration. And in this way, we can see that Code Week leans on its active community of teachers and education stakeholders. How do you keep active such a wide and diverse community spread all over Europe? And how exactly 
exactly do you promote this sense of belonging within the EU Code Week community? Well, we have a super active community of volunteers. There are actually many different parts of this community. On one side, we have the EU Code Week ambassadors who are responsible for the activities in their countries and they bring together stakeholders, business, and also the maybe they have contacts with the authorities and they try and spread the mission of, of EU Code Week. Then we have a group uh, that we call the leading teachers. They are teachers that are extra active uh, in, in Code Week. Um, and then we have the European Commission and then we have uh, representatives at the national ministries of education or the agencies, the education agencies, for example. And then we have the thousands and thousands and thousands of teachers who participate in Code Week every year. This year alone, they have uh, organized uh, over 70,000 activities, the same last year. So this is, involves uh, several million people um, every year. We try and keep the enthusiasm going. Um, these are very creative people uh, and very enthusiastic. Um, and we listen to them as much as we can. And we try and implement their ideas uh, so that Code Week is really uh, their, their Code Week, their community's Code Week, let's say. It's a very important question how to keep together and activate such a broad community of like-minded but not so like-minded people either for an initiative such as Code Week. We, from our side, what we've tried to do is to keep the initiative relevant and meaningful for schools, uh, first of all, because we believe that coding needs to be developed uh, and learned throughout the school year or even throughout uh, the uh, life of a person. And as you mentioned before, it's also an opportunity for teachers in their uh, lifelong learning path to learn new skills and uh, just uh, catch up with uh, where the technological world is going, but also society. And uh, it's really nice how these two components and elements interact. So we would invite all our ambassadors, edu coordinators, leading teachers to participate in our pan-European events. And then we would get, uh, in return, to a certain extent, invite to these uh, wonderful local, national activities and uh, events that are organized by then uh, in first person. So for this year, also responding to a wish uh, of the community to have more opportunities to exchange and interact among themselves locally and internationally, we had these uh, innovative, massive open online courses that we organized for primary and secondary school teachers specifically. This MOOC had a, a component, uh, an online learning environment for every teacher to attend, exchange and, and complete the tasks that we would assign them and that was uh, to give everybody the chance to uh, undergo this, uh, this learning path. And it had also study groups uh, running in parallel to this online course. And these studies groups were very practically groups of teachers led by one coordinator in a country, in a local community where teachers could come together either online or face-to-face. -face. Often they did both. So they met online, they worked online, they collaborated online, but they also finally met in person in the same room around the same table to design their teaching and learning scenarios to implement with their 
classes. And I think that's uh, maybe also one way to go to keep these two elements together and uh, continue valuing national and local diversity and perspectives while giving this broad international pan-European context in which we feel all we are less isolated. Yeah, I, I would actually agree very much. I think that one advantage of one easy way of getting to know Code Week is the fact that we have that Code Week has both of an international level and a local level. So those who find motivation on the international network and collaborating with peers from other countries can find it. And those who find motivation on networking at local level can also find that level in Code Week. And I think it's also a good way to spread Code Week for, for what you are, are saying now. Um, but you've mentioned several activities, several things that have been happening over the course of the past years in Codevic. So I wonder, Anika Tomasa, when you look back at all of these years working for Codevic, with Codevic, with the Codevic community, what are some highlights that come to mind in these past years? What are something that you look back fondly or that you think, oh, that was an important milestone for us? I think it's mostly about meeting all these very uh, passionate people out in the community that are so innovative and creative uh, and really believe in the importance of encouraging young people or other older people as well to learn about computational thinking or coding. We have fantastic community meetings. There's a lot of creativity. As I said, we have had these, um, like a treasure hunt where we were outside and we could you solve some simple coding questions, let's say. And you're actually doing a parkour outside in a, in a town or in a park or somewhere. I think we're the only initiative, I'm sure we're the only initiative uh, that have our own anthem, that is the Ode to Code. Uh, we also have our own dance, the Code Week dance. And I think every year to see the children dancing this dance and uh, doing activities uh, to the Ode to Code is really very inspiring. And Tommaso, what are some of your highlights when you look back? We had the chance also to organize uh, the first summer school. It uh, was a trainer-trainer course here in Brussels for leading teachers uh, coming to Brussels and learning how to bring these messages back into their communities. And we saw that the effects of that course were quite outstanding because people were motivated. They were connected to colleagues from other countries when they would go back to theirs. Um, they were happy uh, just by having uh, understood that they were not alone in this uh, quest for innovating the way they were teaching. Um, so that's definitely something that we will try to replicate. We've done similar courses online also in the past years for the reasons we all know, and this also works. And uh, this collaboration between peers, it's what uh, I think is really the backbone of the initiative. Finally, we are also very happy with the results. And yeah, so it's just um, impressive how this grassroots initiative really develops and reach out to many new people, many new schools, many new training centers and and grows the numbers and grows the participation every year. And in fact, it's not just on the number per se, but it's also on the quality of these numbers. And for instance, just to, to quote one, knowing that almost half of the people that are engaged in uh, coding activities during Code Week are, are female, are uh, girls and women, is also tell us how 
this process that we mentioned several times until now of democratizing the access to digital creativity is actually working through through Code Week. And then seeing pupils empowered through this initiative, creating through the hackathons that were organized this year, for instance, prototypes, solutions to real problems that they encounter in their society by using technology, digital technology for a good cause, for a good purpose, that's really reinvigorating and very motivating for all the time and effort that we put in this initiative. Right. I can imagine that seeing the community come to life, you know, in these face-to-face events, but otherwise online as well, must be actually something um, really powerful. And to see actually at the end of an edition, to see the numbers as well. And and it's I think it's interesting to see that code week keeps growing and it keeps, you know, reaching new milestones, if I can, can say it like that. And on that note, um, let's discuss then the future of God Week and actually what can our listeners do to get more involved. And so, Tomasa, you've mentioned schools and teachers several times. You've mentioned teacher training. So then I think I have a very basic question. So do you have any advice for teachers or educators who would like to contribute to EU Code Week? So how to get started and also why? What would you say to our audience here that may not have heard yet of Code Week or has heard of Code Week but has not yet started? How do you think they can take the, the first step? Now, teachers and educators that want to start, they don't have excuses in terms of availability of resources because by now we have developed uh, and collected really um, hundreds of teaching and learning resources that can be found uh, on the Code Week portal. There is uh, also specifically designed uh, training modules, which we call Learning Bits, which are translated in 29 languages and they cover a variety of topics and approaches to teaching and learning how to code. And they also are adapted to several subjects. There's also challenges on the website since this year that can be picked up easily by a teacher and done with with students, even by students itself, actually. And, the, and then there are also our annual uh, massive open online courses, which are specifically dedicated to Uh, teachers and educators. So I really recommend uh, any teacher interested to follow this initiative to really um, leverage these, these tools that are made available. And most importantly, they should be really pushing to overcome their fears by developing confidence. It's not about what you know uh, and what you think you can teach. Uh, when it comes to teaching coding is um, a lot of experimentation of trial and error, uh, learning by doing activities that you can do with your students. That's the first thing that you as an educator should keep in mind while uh, starting with this kind of activities. You are going out of your comfort zone because these are new elements for many teachers, but you're entering into a creative zone, an area where you're might be more more free in your students as well. And an area in which, as Annika mentioned before, you will learn with your students. You won't just teach them something that you know by heart. So it's a discovery path really for everybody, uh, which I really encourage anybody to get engaged into. Yeah, and I think it's a good moment now to remind our listeners that actually EU Code materials are translated into 29 European languages. So 
um, explore the website and you will see that it's uh, not only just the website is translated, but also the lesson plans, the resources, the materials, all of the ETBT things that Tommaso has mentioned, most of them are translated. So I invite you to explore uh, these many resources. So during the conference, Tomas Anika, I heard the following sentence, which is that COVID has made what we call the school of tomorrow, actually the school of today. And so I was wondering, do you think the pandemic, the fact that the students had to learn remotely and that we like kind of focus a bit more on digital technologies, do you think that this has increased the need or highlight the need to learn coding at a young age? What's your thoughts on this? Well, I think the COVID pandemic has, um, it was like a shock start uh, when it comes to digital skills in general for all people since everyone had to work or study from home. So it will be interesting to see data on the increase of digital skills in general, let's say maybe next year, see how it has improved, because I think it should have improved quite a lot because people really had to have to learn by doing, I would say. Yes, and uh, I, I agree. And also what certainly happened is that anybody became even more exposed to the digital technologies and the digital world than before. So it's not just about school, it's about society, it's about the work environment. And uh, all families and households also increased the number of devices they had the type of activities that they would engage in. They started communicating more to one another through technology. Pupils also and, and kids and children, they were exposed also to increase the risk because of the increased time they would spend or the, the additional tools or application they would use. That's also something that we have to keep in mind. We were discussing even before the pandemic about even things like uh, screen time or uh, risks um, that are on the web. Now, I think the pandemic made all of this more apparent, more obvious, and an area where everybody needs to, to be responsible and take action. So definitely, there is probably a taste of what the future would look like. And maybe it's also a first taste that allows us to better plan and to really come up with a plan for a digital education or a school of a future that responds better to our needs and is not just a reaction to an emergency situation such as the COVID crisis, of course. Right. So you see it as a motor for change as well. And you see that it has, it has brought people closer to digital skills and to digital technologies. And on the topic of the future that we are touching right now, I have a final question. And what's the future of Codebreak? Is there anything that you can say with us um, that you look forward to or how might Codebreak actually improve in the coming years? Uh, well, of course, we are going to celebrate our 10th anniversary next year. And that's going to be very exciting. In the longer term, when discussing, I remember having discussions with the ambassadors already a few years ago, we had this brainstorming. So what is the ultimate goal of Code Week? And we kind of agreed that it would be to cease to exist. Uh, so when everyone has the opportunity to learn. Uh, about coding, robotics, AI, cyber, etc. in school, then there is really no need for Code Week anymore. On the other hand, it could still be fun to celebrate. There are already countries who have coding or computational thinking in their curricula, and they're still very active uh, in Code Week, and they see it as something fun to celebrate. 
I'm also looking forward to the celebration for the 10th anniversary uh, next year, of course. So uh, let's let's plan something uh, even bigger, nicer, more meaningful for the next edition. I also would like to see, in a way, the need for Code Week to, to cease, in a way, to stop, uh, meaning that we would have reached our objective. On the other side, I think also what is nice, what is important about Code Week is that it's a bit of a conversation with, with the future. It has also already adapted to new technologies that were in a way more prominent in the past years. Annika mentioned AI, artificial intelligence, which wasn't a topic that was so prominent when Code Week started to exist. Now it is, and now it it finds in Code Week a context in which it can be channeled and, and thought and uh, on which uh, teachers participating, for instance, to Code Week can be trained. So in a way, I hope it remains an initiative for, for that purpose, to constantly mine our preconceptions uh, about education and, and about our relationship with, um, with new technologies that, in fact, we, we don't know which will be in the future. So maybe it will change name, maybe it will change uh, format, but uh, organizations and initiatives such as Code Week should always be there to accompany us along the way. So I think it's undeniable that the impact of digital is being felt across all sectors. And it is important to this aim that we make sure that everyone has access to the same tools and to work hand in hand with this digital technology and actually make sure to have the best use of it. So we have learned a little bit more about the Code Week initiative and its beautiful network that is built from the bottom up and that work to enhance this sense of community belonging. And that also has an important focus on sharing and be able to learn from each other and from from everyone practices from across Europe. And I think that through this community, teachers are actually able to implement better and create better lessons plan for the students and learn all these digital skills, like you mentioned, Tomaso, in a fun and creative way. And also to this aim, give everyone access to the same equal chances to learn. So it's a wide community that is open for all and help us create a, a better future together. Would you have anything more to add, Eugenia? Um, well, I think you summarized quite well everything we've discussed, but I think what I take f with me from this discussion is that Code Week is flexible and is dynamic, and as Anika mentioned, it listens to its community. And I think that's something very important, that it just doesn't follow a set path, it follows the path that the community brings to it. It's truly a grassroots initiative, and that's something very inspiring to see. But Anika, Tomaso, would you like to add something for our listeners? I would just like to say a big, huge thanks uh, to the community. We are recording this uh, just after Code Week 2021 has finished. Uh, we have tens of thousands of uh, active teachers, millions of participants, not only in the European Union. It's all across Europe, uh, all around the world. There are more than 80 countries where activities have uh, taken place. I think this is really wonderful, and we are we are so we are so happy and grateful. So really. Huge thank you. And if I may use this chance, I would like also to thank the European Commission, of course, for having kickstarted the initiative long time ago and uh, for having believed in it since, uh, since day one until now. And uh, of course, from my side, also a big thank you. Thank you to all schools and teachers 
who participated to Code Week and a wish for them too, so to never cease to explore and learn with their uh, teachers and students, as we mentioned already a couple of times. And of course, the work that the ambassadors have done and uh, the one of edu coordinators and leading teacher has been and always will be very precious. So also from my side, a big thanks to them because without, we really couldn't achieve the same results, of course. And it was really a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. Yes, thanks. I'm just uh, as a last word, don't forget the 10th anniversary uh, next year. Please contact us if you have ideas, you know, on how to celebrate it in your, you know, locally or or globally because uh, this local aspect is very important to us. And thanks for having me also in this podcast. Thank you Anika Tomaso. Yeah, I want, of course, to thank Annika and Tomaso as well. And it was a pleasure to have you both as our guest. And also to remind the teacher or the students that in case you want to dive into the exciting programs world that we, as we did, you can also go check out our website, so codeweek.eu, in which you can find some tutorials and also some learning bits. Tune in next time for a new episode of the EU Code Week podcast. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.